to another edition of the Romantic About Baseball podcast. I am your host, Adam McKinnon, as always, with my co-host, Jim Passan. Jim? Hey, good day to you. And joining us today is uh, Max Goldstein, uh, founder of Max's Sporting Studio. Uh, Max, how are you today? Good. How are you guys? Great. Thanks so much for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. Uh, time out of your busy schedule. So uh, today, uh, you know, we're going to cover, uh, we're going to continue with our NL West, uh, with our offseason uh, preview series. I guess it's not really a preview at this point. It's uh, more of just an insight uh, series um, since things are actually happening this offseason. Uh, we'll get to that after the break. But first, I just wanted to cover some recent developments with you guys, um, you know, start with some uh, news and notes, because again, things are actually happening in the 2019-2020 baseball offseason. Um, you know, it, I, first off the pacing, everything seems to be coming into place pretty quickly. Um, is this a, a sign? Of, are we going to actually have like teams in place by spring training? Um, you know, it, it, it's hard to tell, but I, I'm very excited by the ample number of pretty high profile signings. Obviously Cole and Rendon may not come off the board until January ish, but I think it's nice to see a lot of the players getting deals that are, are beneficial to really, I feel the deals so far, especially the Wheeler one, have been player friendly. Five years, $118 million for a guy who missed an entire year due to Tommy John. That's pretty great for Wheeler, and I'm, I'm happy for him. Yeah, he was. A, he's one of those, I, I feel like he's still being cast as one of these high upside, you know, players. Um, and, and you know, what I noticed that was most surprising was I didn't see anything about opt-outs or no trade clauses or anything on this deal. And, um, so you've got a, um, you've got a pitcher that's essentially kind of, you know, it, it, it doesn't look, it looks more like an old, almost like an old school deal, you know, to a pitcher, to a high upside pitcher. So, uh, that sets the Phillies rotation preliminarily <coughs> pending any more additions. To so uh, Wheeler, Nola, Arietta, and Velasquez, and then maybe you have a Eflin in there as a swingman. Um, you know, Jim, do you? Uh, what did you think? Did you think they paid too much for for Wheeler? No, I like Wheeler, and I think uh, from what I've seen uh, over the recent years and uh, his development, I think that uh, I think they're getting a good value for for what they're getting out of Wheeler. Uh, he's been covering a lot of innings. These last couple of years, um, uh, fastball through the roof. One of the, 
I can't remember who reported it, but uh, it was just him and Syndergaard at the top of the list for most 95-mile-per-hour pitches, I believe, over the last two or three years. I can't quite recall which one it was. But, um, you know... averaging out at, like, 97.4? Yeah, something like that, right? So, you know, this uh, this was one of the guys that, I mean, if you're looking for the... If you were looking for quality, quality pitching uh, and you weren't willing to go all the way for Cole or Scherzer, I felt like he was the next one off the off the list for me. I really liked him. I just, yeah, I really hope that he's he's able to keep logging the innings and keep staying healthy. And that's that's my biggest question for him. But, you know, I like him in the NL East. I like him with the Phillies. I like it. I like the move. Um, I think if they could add another guy to go next to him in the at that rotation, maybe another big arm, that uh, that Phillies team is is ready to rock and roll for this year. Max, do you think that um, the additional Wheeler is? Do you do you think that the Phillies are? Does this put them say squarely out of the uh, Bumgarner Cole sweepstakes, or do you think this like? Do you think this has any effect on it? Um. I, I think the Phillies still could afford to sign a Cole or a Bumgarner. I'm not sure at this point that they will be able, that they will. But um, I think Wheeler was a good pickup for them, and his upside is obviously very high. He throws hard. He has good slider. And an interesting stat that I actually found about him: the there's a li- a small list of pitchers who have accumulated four wins above replacement Fangraphs' version in each of the last two seasons, Wheeler being one of them. In addition, Corbin, Noah Syndergaard, Justin Berlander, Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom, and Garrett Cole. So I thought that was pretty interesting. That's some elite company, and it, you know, it almost makes it. It almost makes it seem like when when you total it out, like to me, it's very it's very neutral. It doesn't seem like they got the Phillies got a steal of value at this point. It doesn't seem like Wheeler broke the ba- broke their bank. It does really feel like about right for a guy that with no opt outs, you know, no mention about no trade clauses or anything. I feel it feels about right for what starting pitching is going for. Um, which segues me to the other NL East pitching signing, which seemed it, like to me more of a more of a value signing was Cole Hamels going to the Braves at one year, just a shade above the qualifying offer of eighteen million dollars. He's also a player that can you know the Braves could turn around and offer him a qualifying offer the next season, so. Um, are you guys seeing the the this as a value? I had him initially going to the Dodgers uh, in in my initial predictions. Um, do you are you guys seeing this as a value move, or is this is, is there more risk involved here than than I'm seeing? And Max, um, for me, I felt the Hamels deal. I was a little bit surprised to see him signed for only one year because he's stayed healthy the last. Like he's thrown a lot of innings throughout his career, and I don't know that he's he's thrown at least almost 150 innings since annually since 2007. Like he's been a workhorse, and over those years, every single season he's been a productive pitcher. So I I thought just because he's gained such a good reputation as a starter, I thought he'd get like closer to two years. 30 million, but I think one year, 18 million is probably a fair offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim, what do you think? 
You know, I like the Hamill signing. I think it just brings that uh, that that presence that you need for uh, an expert, right? Uh, as somebody that can work with the the catchers, work with the rest of the pitchers, and uh, be a leader on that team. Um, this guy's no stranger to uh, being in the postseason or in postseason races. So uh, I really like it, especially uh, considering that he's actually been effective uh, for so long and, and continues to be effective. So it's, to me, one of the one of the bigger pieces to fall. I mean, and, and really finding solid left-handed pitching these days to, to throw in your starting rotation isn't that easy. So... Um, for a team that won the the NL East last year to snag a uh, Hamels to replace uh, basically, in a way, kind of Julio Tehran, right? And I, I mean, it's not the same side that they're throwing from, but you know, I mean, that's a that's an upgrade to me as much as you and I both love Tehran. So, right. um, yeah, yeah, Hamels is a plus plus to me. I mean, the only thing like uh, Max was saying, he's he's been a workhorse. He's put some some work in over his entire career, but. Um, if he can keep doing what he's doing and, and add to that career that he's already posted, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him uh, rack, rack up yet another World Series. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to get stand in the way of that. You know, I, I saw an article, I, and I and I'm going to have to admit that I don't remember where I saw the quote or the headline, but it said almost that it's sort of making the drawing the line that he is to the Braves what Roy Halladay was when he came to the Phillies as sort of a veteran uh, leadership type player amongst an otherwise young core. Um, I, I don't, I, I guess I could see that. I don't know that it's quite the same, but um, I, I agree. I, the, the thing that really uh, got me about it was that they're signing him for just over what the, what a qualifying offer would entail. And uh, they're getting, uh, and they're just going to be able to turn around and offer him an off a, quali- a QO next year. So I, um, I, I think it's a, a real value signing. And um, based on the fact that they already went out and got Dar- Darno, you have to believe that this is uh, just one more step. Now, Max, uh, one more thing related to Hamels, but, but sort of like rolling off of it. Uh, Hunjin Ryu, you know, fellow lefty. Do you, does this affect the market? Are these two? Could these two things at one year eighteen million? Could this affect the this how that how uh, reuse market pans out? Um, I think it could because Hamels. I mean, Ryu was a better pitcher than Hamels last season. I don't think anyone's going to argue that. To see Hamels get eighteen million over one year, I feel like for Ryu that means that he might be in line to get not only a higher average annual value than Hamels, but for more seasons. The problem for you, unlike Hamels, is that he's not really been able to stay healthy. I mean, he's thrown over 180 innings twice in his career. And in 2018, he only made 15 starts. So I think maybe a four-year, like, $80 million deal might be a, a prediction. Okay. So, uh, so those were two. And while we were talking, actually, uh, you know, Max was in, and every we all got our Twitter feeds lit up with the signing of Michael Pineda um, to the Minnesota Twins. Uh, does first off is do, does anyone does anyone really care? Is this is this a thing? Is it, is this something? I mean, I like Michael Pineda as a probably a person. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. Uh, 
guy that had a heck of an arm. Uh, injuries over what, the end of 2017 and all the way through 2018 didn't even play. So, right. um, you know, I, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, if he can stay healthy, I mean, he's, he's not a bad addition. He's just it's more a, of a, it's a very twins, starter. Yeah, it's a very twins move. Yeah, right. And I believe, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, he pitched with him last year and did okay. You know, maybe they're expecting a little bit more and, and yeah, just a nice guy to put in the back end of your rotation. You know? But yeah, other than that, you know, it's nothing that's going to be the, the reason why you end up making the postseason or winning in the postseason to me. But, sure. uh, you know, he could be somebody that impresses us and, and we'll all be shocked later. Right. Max, what do you, any thoughts on Pineda? Um, I think it's a solid but yet unspectacular signing for me. I mean, Pineda, I think it could help the Twins maybe win an additional two or three games. But to me, if you're putting Pineda out in your playoff rotation, you're not your chance of winning that game, unless the Twins do something crazy to bolster their lineup, I just don't think he's a playoff caliber pitcher, if that makes sense. No, I get it. Um, so just really quickly, um, some speaking of uh, <coughs> unspectacular moves, uh, Dylan Bundy going to the Angels from the Orioles. I mean, everybody's talking about durability. Okay, fine. Uh, Omar Narvaez uh, from the Mariner to the Brewers. Sure. Uh, yeah. Any Earth Jakers here, guys? Anything? I, I think with Dylan Bundy, I think uh, you can maybe get rid of the injury past with him now i mean it's been a few good seasons for him at least being able to to show up for his start so um but really other than that um you know in baltimore was a tough environment just because of besides being the al east and then playing in that ballpark so dingers galore but uh you know he's been learning how to give up ground balls more than fly balls lately so maybe that's a positive he's still going to be i think 27 next year so i mean there's something there he's eating up innings now seems like another michael pineda in a way Mm -hmm. younger and and gonna go over the angels who need that help don't get me wrong but uh, he's just gonna be a guy that's probably gonna slot fourth or fifth in that rotation sure uh max any thoughts on those trades um, the Bundy deal I found more intriguing than the Narvaez just because I feel like Bundy has higher upside. I mean, Bundy used to be the number one prospect in baseball. He was going to be that ace, but injuries kind of slowed things. And I mean, he's grown innings the past few years, but he's not lived up to the expectations. But something I found interesting, and a bunch of people have tweeted about it, and I'm just reading off the baseball savin savant chart and um bundy threw 632 sliders last year hitters had a 152 batting average against the pitch and they only got seven extra base hits off the pitch and their slugging percentage was 265 so i mean he's got one nasty pitch but hitters just crushed his fastball they they hit 335 so he's gonna need to find a way to mix up his pitches yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think he went from being what ninety eighth percentile on that fastball in his younger days, uh, which weren't that long ago, but now I think he sits somewhere around eighty fourth or eighty fifth percentile for his fastball speed. And uh yeah, without that pitch, I don't know if he can just rely on that breaking stuff. But right. uh you never know how it'll play in that new part. True, true. So um all right, in about like a minute or so, 
Um, what is, let, let's just boil it down to this. What is your hottest rumor on, uh, what is your hottest take prediction rumor on, um, any one of these Cole Bumgarner, Rendon and Donaldson, uh, Max, you go first. So regarding Garrett Cole, I actually, on my site, I actually wrote an article about how much money he could get. And I based it off like the cost teams paid for like other guys who were going to be free agents or re-signings that were also ace caliber pitchers. So I looked at Justin Verlander, Clayton Kershaw, Chris Sale, and there's one other pitcher, but I'm just blanking on his name. And basically I was able to determine or estimate the cost that teams were paying in present day value at the time of the signing per like one wins above replacement that the player was projected to produce based on like normal aging curves and then it basically i applied that to cole and i actually i think he's gonna get over 300 million dollars wow all right so max has a 300 plus million dollar deal uh jim do you got do you got what's your hottest take rumor thought like just just make it happen ah uh, you know for me uh let's let's talk Bumgarner. um you know it, it's somebody that we've we feel that he's on a decline but i think that it's a uh, it's not maybe just all of that i think maybe it's where he's at right um i think i want to see him go to cincinnati i think throwing him in the that cincinnati team that you talk so highly about uh being a contender and everything else and making the moves that they're making, I'd like to see him in there with somebody like Sonny Gray and Trevor Bauer and Luis Castillo. So, um, yeah, give me some Bumgarner with the Reds. I don't know if there's been rumors about that happening, but, I mean, I like the fit. And plus it's a hitter's ballpark, and uh, Bumgarner's a hitter. No reason to think not. All right, so uh, so we're going to, we're going to uh, take a break on that note, and then we're going to come back with our NL West uh, season outlook or off season outlook. We'll be right back. And we're back. And uh, again, with us is Max Goldstein from Max's Sports Studio. And um, is it Sporting Studio or Sports Studio? Sporting studio. I should. It, it's been. It bugged me the first time that I thought I got it wrong. Okay, Max's sporting studio. I'm not editing that out. I'm gonna live. I'm gonna own that. And um, so we're gonna start with our NL West uh, outlook, and we're gonna start with the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, who took home the division last year, and you know just are the force to be reckoned with. Uh, Max, my my first question to you is. You know, the Dodgers have so much going on. My my first thought is, is the pressure level really that high? Like, are the Diamondbacks and the and the Padres legit enough of a threat for them to make a move here? Um, personally, I don't think so. I think the Padres and Diamondbacks, maybe they could compete for a wild card, but for me, it's, the Dodgers just have so much. They're like, they have so much talent, and Obviously, they haven't won a World Series, and I, I mean, it's been disappointing for them. And there's this one stat that I'd like to share regarding the Dodgers. Um, in 2016, the Dodgers were eliminated by the Cubs in the NLCS. The Cubs won the World Series. In 2017, the Dodgers lost to the Astros in the World Series. 
In 2018, the Dodgers lost to the Red Sox in the World Series. And in 2019, the Dodgers were eliminated by the Nationals in the NLDS. The Nats won the World Series. And that was the first time ever that four straight years a team was, like, during the modern era where, like, the playoff series, it wasn't just one of each league plays in the World Series. First time ever, like, four straight years that a team was knocked out by the eventual World Series champs. So wow. the Dodgers have been disappointing, but I still see them winning the division. Okay. Now, so do, but do you think, I guess, you know, do you think that the, is Cinderella like going to turn into a pumpkin here at some point? Um, or do you, so you just think that maybe the level of urgency isn't that high for the Dodgers to, to really push for something if they didn't want to? Yeah, I mean, they. I, I can see them potentially pursuing the big free agents. I just don't – I think the team as is is a World Series contender. It's just – I think the fans probably more so than the front office feel that the team is in a place where they need to pursue additional talent. But I, I just – I don't think that they should overpay for guys that – while they would improve their team, I don't know that it's worth – spending the money necessarily okay um you know i'll put this to uh i'll put this to both of you here um what are they gonna do with kente maeda this is like my this is like my thing with the dodgers right now like obviously everybody knows by this point about his incentive laden contract about why they keep moving into the pen they everybody also knows he doesn't like being moved to the pen it, but dang it, he pitches good there. He he does pitch, and that's the thing is like, is is Kente my is Kenta Maeda, is there is he a trade target with the departure of Ryu? Is he a uh, does he finally get that spot in the rotation that he wants? Uh, what what do you what do you what are your guys' take on this? I'll start with Jim on this one. Like, what do you think your take is on this? I mean, for me, I think uh, it's business as usual with Maeda. I think they're just going to continue running down the road that they're running down. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say it's been perfect and it's worked out to to their advantage. As Max pointed out, they've they've fallen victim to the World Series winner every year. But, uh, um, you know, he's good. He's great out of the pen. Uh, That that in that innings limit helps him um and especially now i think with uh, going to the 26 man roster i think that's also going to help along with the 10 day dl or the 10 day il that we've just gone to i think when you put all those pieces together and then on top of it you got pitchers like dustin may uh sitting in the minors ready to come up and help out at any time it, why do anything different with Maeda? Just keep it, you know, burning him up at the beginning of this season. He's effective. Let him take up some innings, move him to the pen towards the end of the year, rotate people in and out as need be with the IL and everything else. Because, I mean, really the IL, I mean, a 10-day IL for a pitching staff is basically you just skip one start for rotation and then you can bring somebody back. I mean, the Yankees used it with CC Sabathia last year like it was nothing. It's... It's just handy as can be. And then, yeah, you throw in a 26-man roster. So now you guaranteed the teams that didn't have 13 pitchers last year now are going to carry 13 this year. Um, it's a, uh, yeah, I, I don't see why we'd do anything different with Maeda than they were already doing. In fact, I think that they might even lean heavier on just getting him into the bullpen earlier, if anything else. Yeah, the guy pitched to a 2.96 ERA against righties. 
and a 5.27 ERA against lefties. Uh, with platoon splits like that, Max, um, how do you? I mean, is there enough? Is there any other way to handle them? Um, I, I agree with Jim. I think that they've done a fine job. They could look potentially to maybe like pitch Maeda in like, like long relief, but high leverage long re- relief. So like if let's just say Julio Arias, like he gave up a bunch of runs. No, he didn't give up a bunch of runs. He gave up maybe a run, but he threw a bunch of pitches. If it's a one run game, maybe you pitch Maeda for a few, like a few innings and then four days later you do the same thing. But you can also watch for the whole platoon splits because if a guy if they the first if it's a righty heavy lineup, maybe that's a day where you wanna pitch him as the starter. Right. Or maybe do an opener or something like that. So yeah, so exactly. my- especially especially if yeah, doing a an opener or just even the short starts like uh, Max is talking about or just the short really uh, I mean longer relief appearances more like a, a three inning relief appearance I mean he's uh, just that much better out of the when he's limited on the amount of innings that he's got to pitch I mean right he's in a two case better per nine inning when he's throwing a out of the pen versus uh, starting and expecting to go long. His K to walk ratio last couple of years was, I believe, about seven, I think, out of the pen, and only about three or three and a half uh, as a starter. So sure. I mean, he's twice as good out of the pen and has that capability to still go long for you when you need him. Spot starts, yeah, I mean, great. I mean, who wouldn't want that guy to be able to pick up four innings for you in the middle of a game? I mean, Right. It's perfect. Take advantage of it. So, um, I, you know, I don't want to end the, the Dodgers talk on pin, on, um, on, uh, Pineda, on Maeda, but, um, just, uh, one minute or less, uh, Max, uh, what's, what is, uh, what's the move you'd like to see the Dodgers make? Um, I, I don't, I'm not really sure. I think they could potentially look to, I'm just pulling up a depth chart as I speak. I feel like the Dodgers, once again, they have a really strong team, but center field, like the outfield isn't necessarily their strongest area. I They have some good out guys, obviously. They've got Ballinger, Verdugo, A.J. Pollock, and Jock Peterson, but they could maybe look to bring in a quality fourth or third outfielder guy that they could, because just, just in case, like Pollock has missed a lot of time, he wasn't great last year, so potentially they could do that. And then I still think pursuing Garrett Cole is something they definitely should look into because the rotation is good as is, but the back end, I mean, obviously they have Dustin May. They could slot Ross Tripling there. They have Tony Gonsolin, but like they could still make it that much better by adding a Cole. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think matching up somebody like yeah, getting a Cole in there to go with Bueller and and a Kershaw that seems to be you know heading into his older years. That guys, is, that's uh, like that, that's like '90s Braves territory, man. Like, don't even yeah, don't even get me started on that. I don't have enough yeah. time. We don't have enough time to go over all that. I would. <laughs> For me, I would I, I wouldn't mind seeing him do something like that. I wish they'd get Ryu back. Is something that I would hope for him because I just I think he's comfortable there and he's good in that situation. But from my understanding, that's probably off the table. It sounds like from Ryu, Boris Klein, 
there's no interest in that relationship going forward. So for me, I'd like to see him land a a reliever. Uh, I think Adele Batanz is inside of the Dodgers organization would uh, really help lengthen out uh, that bullpen and uh, make him just strong. So that's what that's what I would hope as much as I don't want to ever see Dylan Batanz isn't anything but pinstripes, but I think he'd be a hell of an addition. Such is life. Uh, all right, so moving on to the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, one of my most interesting teams of the offseason. Um, you know, my I, ha- I have really um, two major pressing questions, or three, three pressing questions about the Diamondbacks. Um, one, um, can, and I'll put these questions, I'm going to recite the questions and I'll put the, uh, give a, a couple of backing stats and put them to you guys as to what you think. Uh, my first question is, can Cattell Marte repeat or improve his performance? Uh, 13.7% strikeout rate and it, everything else is pretty average per baseball savant. His exit velocity is hard hit rate. I think he's going to regress, maybe, a, but even a mid 800s OPS guy. I mean, this is not who Seattle traded away. Um, my second question: Christian Walker is the, I, I, he has got breakout written all over him to me. 94th percentile in the hard hit rate. I think you've got a, 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 a respectable uh, strikeout and walk percentage. I, I, this guy's got 40 home run potential written all over him for me. Slot him in the middle of that lineup. Uh, it could be very interesting. And then what do they do with pitching? Uh, to me, Dallas Keuchel is an absolute fit in Arizona, uh, one of the best defenses in baseball, and you put a ground ball specialist uh, in that on that team, I think it's a, it's a perfect match. So, um, uh, Max, I'll, I'll put those three questions to you. Uh, what do you, you know, how do you, how do you feel about that? Um, so regarding Catel Marte, I mean, he had an incredible season in, I mean, in 2019, he was finished, if I remember correctly, top five in MVP voting in the NL. And I, 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 if I wouldn't bet money that he's going to repeat or top his season last year, just because he was so good. And we haven't seen that. We haven't seen enough from him to say he's going to be this annual five win player. But, I mean, when I looked at the stats, like you were saying, you, it's, it's kind of hard to see what kind of fueled his breakout season. The biggest thing I found when I looked into it was he doubled his barrel rate his, and his launch angle. So I think that that may have explained the increase in power and the more line drives and fly balls. So that could be part of it. But I, I just I don't see him topping that season. Sure. And then Christian Walker, I agree. I think he's someone that really could hit a ton of home runs. And he was one home run shy of 30 last year. And, I mean, he was a productive player. His defense isn't great, but, I mean, he, he's a very – he's a slogger. And he lowered – he actually is – the percent of pitches that, like, his swinging strike percentage – was 18.3% in 2018. In t- 2019, it was 12.7%. So, like, he decreased that by a third. So that that's pretty significant. Um, and then regarding, like, just how they could look at pitching, I think Keiko could also – I think he would be a great fit. The great defense, 
And, I mean, he finished the year pretty strong last year. So I think the Diamondbacks are definitely an interesting team. Okay. Uh, Jim, what are your, what's your take on those, on those three points? Well, uh, Marte, for me, I, I like him. Uh, I think as he's gotten more playing time and got more uh, age underneath him, uh, I think he's only gotten better. I think he's uh, utilizing the field as much as he can. I mean, he's he's got some speed. Uh, so, I mean, he's racked up the triples. He's got more triples since joining the, the Diamondbacks, and he's got stolen bases. Uh, he's got 21 there. He's yeah. really making the most of his at-bats, right? Um, so, I, I mean... I, I like the the direction that he's heading. Um, he's still pretty young. Um, who would have thought out of uh, that trade with uh, him and Taiwan Walker going over to get uh, uh, the shortstops? Missing my name right now. Um, oh boy. Was it yeah. VR? Was it VR? No, no. It was uh, the one that came out of uh, Milwaukee first, and then ended up in Arizona, and then he went to Philadelphia last year. Oh. Good grief! Um, I'm losing it. Come on. So I'll let you guys ponder over that while I'm I'm thinking about this. Um, But, yeah, for me, Marte, yeah, I I like the direction he's going. And I think that uh, he's got a chance to be, I don't know if he's going to be a super, super star, but I think he's he's an all-star. Gene Segura. Thank you. I do not have a mind for that guy. <laughs> Gene Gene the Hitting Machine, right? That's what right. I always called him out here. So, uh, yeah, out of that, whoever would have known that Marte was probably going to be the best piece out of that. I think he is. Um, so, I mean, I'm high on Marte. I don't know about regression. I think he just keeps on plugging away. Um, Christian Walker, I like everything that you guys have pointed out. I still think his contact rate is probably a little bit lower than where it probably should be. But, um you know, he's not that old either. So, you know, he's what turns 29, I think, this upcoming year. So, I mean, he, I just want more sample out of him. I mean, it's really a small sample size with him. So, um, could he blow up? Yeah, he's in the right stadium to blow up. That's for sure. I just think that the, the K rate's a little high for me and his contact rate's just a little bit low for me. But, you know, has he improved? Does he, yeah. Has he gotten the, the bat on the ball hard when he does get the bat on the ball? Yeah. So, um, yeah, potential there. I'd love to see him break out, but wouldn't bet on it. Uh, as goes for pitching, though, um, you know, Keuchel is somebody that, yeah, I see as a good fit there. But I don't – I mean, it seems like they would probably – I don't know if the Diamondbacks want to spend – I don't know what Keuchel will demand money-wise, right? It almost feels like – with a Keuchel, are you really going to get more than a two- or three-year deal out of it? Do you feel like you're a team that's going to be competing in this year and, and that he's part of your future? Or are you just looking for a stopgap, right, or something to that effect? So I, I can see the Diamondbacks maybe going for a lower-tier pitching free agent, and I don't think I see Keuchel as a lower-tier pitching. Um, but, you know, for me, I think that they might go with somebody like an Alex Wood. Right, who's coming off of injuries, but has all the potential of being everything they're looking for. Uh, you can get a multi-year deal out of him at a, probably a good rate. And if he returns back to what Alex Wood was, I mean, you're, you're stealing it. You're stealing a good deal. And if he doesn't return all the way back to what he was, he could be your Kenta Maeda for the Diamondbacks, where he's you know back into the rotation when you need him, eating up innings uh, when the starters you know got a high pitch count, something to that effect, which is popular these days. So, I mean, yeah, Keiko or an Alex Wood to me would be a great fit there, but I'm kind of leaning towards an Alex Wood being a guy that, that they should be interested in. Sure. Okay. 
So going from the uh, Diamondbacks to the Giants, um, I got to be honest with you, uh, this is probably one of the, the least, well, maybe the Rockies. I don't know. We're hitting kind of a dead zone in the, in the division here. But um, the, the Giants, to me, I feel like they, boy, uh, my personal opinion, I think Zaidi really missed an opportunity to improve this year, uh, this past season, when he had Will Smith and Madison Bumgarner. And uh, now he's got peanuts for them. And when you actually look at this team, um, you look. I'm looking at a lot of aging liabilities. Johnny Cueto, Jeff Samarja, Buster Posey, Brandon Belt, Evan Longoria. Um, you know, uh, even Brandon Crawford. I mean, people forget Brandon Crawford's been around a while and hasn't really hit super well in ever. I, I don't have any numbers to back that up in front of me, but I don't ever remember him being a good hitter. I remember him being like a, a very good fielder. Um, so I guess what it, what it boils down to me, for me, the hiring of Gabe Kapler just further validates this team is ready to go full rebuild and Kapler is going to be their fall guy. Uh, no evidence to back that up. That's just my theory. Max, what's your what's your what's your take on the Giants? Uh, just knowing that there's probably not a lot here. Um, I think the Giants. I I still think they could. There's obvious a chance that they could compete for a wild card if all the old guys you mentioned play at a high level, which is unlikely. I would not. I don't think that. I think I would put Arizona above them, and even the Padres for that matter. But I still feel that they still have guys that have been around for a while. And we saw them only won like 10 or 11 straight, if I remember correctly. They won, They had a great run really in the second half. They fell off towards the end, but they showed they could win. Right. Um, Jim, what do you think about the, the Giants? Yeah, the Giants, yeah. It seems like it's it's, it's heading towards a free uh, – uh, just a full rebuild, right? It's uh, when you go out and you hire new management. I think that is one of the steps towards it. So now you're you're putting in your your new philosophies and your new coaches, and and I think they're going to start building in that direction. So I wouldn't be shocked if for, I mean, to try to take people like Longoria. Uh, I don't know if a Crawford will be on the plate, right, for the trade time. Uh, I don't think that – I mean, Brandon Belt, 32 next year. I mean, even Yaz, he's going to be 29 and a half next year. Are these people that they can use at the trade deadline to beef up a just a really low-end low, low end, uh prospect system right i mean yeah. their their minor leagues are they're not coming they were to the dead, rescue anytime i think they were dead last uh, in, on prospect report over this past off season yeah if they're not dead last they, they gotta be really close i mean yeah. there's just i mean there's really nothing coming up so so for me i see the, i just see the giants making moves during the rest of this off season that could be either they're trying to find some way to get a little bit younger 
or I mean, or they're just going to try to get through the next couple of years so that they can make these trades to try to get their system bolstered up so that they can be ready for two or three or four years down the road. So I can see the Giants running around, I don't know, picking up somebody like Martin Perez to pitch for a couple of years, just taking a flyer or throwing like a Billy Hamilton out in that huge outfield, even though he's not very good at getting on base, but he's fast enough to play in that huge field. So, sure. uh, just something to, I mean, keep the fans showing up to the ballpark and as they as they go through a rebuild. If yeah. they're not going through a rebuild, I don't, I really have no idea then what the Giants are doing. Yeah, sign Hunter Pence, get the band back together, sell some tickets. Uh, yeah. All right, so um, uh, Colorado Rockies, um, boy, just what a what a what a boy. They, I don't even know how to describe it. Like I, I, I was gonna put like a witty mountain analogy in here, but I, I couldn't come up with something on the spot. But it, it was bad, and it just seems like an entire team. If it was possible for an entire team to underperform drastically, they did it. Um, you know, they're not shopping John Gray uh, per MLB trade rumors. Uh, the their fifty bajillion dollar bullpen is not supposedly you know I haven't heard anything about them trading any of those pieces. Um, do you, what do you, do you guys see anything for the Rockies uh, this this off season? <laughs> I, um, I think. Oh, okay. go, go ahead, Matt. I think. Um, go, the Rockies. Uh, Besides Nolan Arenado and Charlie Blackman, I just and I, John Gray had a good, a decent year last year. I just the Rockies are just they play their their ballpark is their their offense was still horrible last year, even with Coors Field. And if you're not like the Rockies, they really should be prioritizing like this like powerhouse offense. But they just they haven't, and they don't really have any other guys. I mean, they have Daniel Murphy, but, like, their offense, they tried signing Ian Desmond. I think the Rockies are a mess. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree completely. I think they got to get rid of some of these contracts. I think they got to get Ian Desmond and Daniel Murphy off their payrolls. Uh, I mean, even maybe after Charlie Blackman's contract runs out, maybe 2022 is something that the Rockies should be building towards. It just seems like, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's any reason that they built the team to be what it currently sits as today. It just, uh, as as Max says, it's a mess, and I see it the same way. Who's got a harder road ahead? You think the Giants or the Rockies? Oh, the Giants. Ma- Max, what do you think? Um, probably the Giants, just because they don't really have a superstar. At least the Rockies have Nolan Arenado, and yeah. but and the Rockies are a little bit younger, but. I mean, both teams, I, I, I mean, it's hard to imagine that the Rockies actually made the playoffs two years ago. Like, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, seems like forever ago. It does. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I mean, yeah, they're younger. They At least, yeah, they have Arenado. They got Story on that uh, left side of the infield to work with. So, I mean, I can, I can see them having some sort of some sort of future quicker than I can see the Giants having a future. But hey, once again, it's just like the Giants, it's a, it's a tough uphill climb for their uh, minor league system. They're not loaded down with high-end prospects either. So, um, yeah, it, it feels like this is a, a rebuild and look for people to fill in spaces. Go out and get yourself an Eric uh, Thames or a Corey Dickerson that you can get on a decent dollar for a couple of years to keep hitting 
you know, pounding some dingers and doing some high strikeouts, but at least, you know, keep the fans showing up. Right. All right. So uh, the, the final team in our, in our division here, the, the Padres and, and probably, um, you know, one of the more exciting uh, teams uh, look, they, they, um, for me, it was, it was really three points uh, that we were looking at is they, this elite farm system, is it is it time to is it time to use some of that prospect currency, uh, the to dump some of these bigger contracts like a Hosmer or Myers, um, and uh, is this a team that Madison Bumgarner should be? Is this a team that should really be pursuing Madison Bumgarner? And uh, what what do you think we can expect out of a full season of Tatis Jr., Paddock, Machado? Uh, all on the same team, you know, barring injury, of course, but uh, the addition of Drew Pomeranz, like, you know, what do you, um, is, is this team legit in, in a sense to make it, make a threat? Uh, go ahead. Um, Max. I, I think the Padres, I think the Padres are in a better place than the um, Rockies and Giants as they do have a very, very, very strong farm system with Mackenzie Gore Obviously, Tatis Jr. just graduated, but they have a very, very, very deep farm system. But for me, I, I think regarding whether or not they should trade those guys, I think they should only trade guys that one, like teams want, and two, that they shouldn't trade their best guys because they draft them, they've developed them. They, sh- they shouldn't try to win a division now because they're not – they're probably closer to an 80, maybe a 500 team. They shouldn't rush. Okay. And, uh, Jim, what's your, what's your, uh, what's your insight here? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I like the team to an extent. I mean, I think that the, I think the potential's there. I, I mean, I'm really not all the way down on the team. I think, yeah, a full season of Tatis Jr., Machado. I think if you can get, like, Franchi Cordero and uh, Margot to split some time out in center and do a platoon there, that you've got a good chance. Uh, behind the plate, Hedges and Mejia is a good uh, back and forth there. Um, you know, I mean, I like Paddock. I, I like what they've got going on. Um, but like Max said, you know, they've got they've got a farm system. It's just it's way down there, right? So if this team wants to compete, I think that they probably should do their best to put what they can on the field. Hope for a, a Hosmer and a Myers uh, comeback party and and post at least some solid numbers for those contracts that they paid to those guys. You're going to get what you can out of Machado. He's he's going to be solid for them. Uh, Renfro, I think, you know, if they can hold it together and they can stay somewhere within, I mean, the wild card range, I mean, it's probably going to be pretty dang tough to, to get the division away from the Dodgers with that, that lineup that they're going to be posting. But if they're close at the trade deadline, uh, it, then then that deep farm system can help them out because I mean they would be trading away yeah some great prospects if they wanted to, but I mean these are prospects that are probably not going to be above the double A level, so they're not going to be in the near future to save the day. So um, they, yeah, the Padres are in an interesting spot. Uh, so you know new management there also. Um, yeah, I, I, they're they're the interesting one to me. I I really would love to see where they go. I I feel in, I would love to see them in the Cole Strasburg sweepstakes. I don't think that's going to happen, 
but deep down, if I'm a Padres fan and they don't find a way to get in at least at the Rio Bumgarner Keuchel level of, uh, of pitchers this this off season, then I think if you're not getting any of those guys or above, that uh, as a Padres fan you can pretty much start writing this season off as a, as one more year of the rebuild. Okay. That's what I feel anyway. I don't know. I, I, I got to say, I if I'm in the Padres front office, I am screaming at the top of my lungs. The I'm not saying you have to win the division this year, but the uh, the window the window's not quite there yet. But and I think this is against the popular opinion on this. I feel like the window is about to start opening. Not next, yeah. not this year. But I'm talking like next year. Don't trade for the big rental. Trade for the controllable stars. Trade like these. You should be blowing up um, the Chicago Cubs front office right now, trying to get your hands on somebody that can help you now and in the future. Uh, Start looking at controllable star players. Uh, I'm not saying it'll work, but if you're not on the phone with Alex Anthopoulos trying to figure out. You know, is you know, is any of these young players, you know, not trade prospect for prospect, but look for teams that can handle a, a bad contract like a Will Myers or something like that. Um, you know, it, the youth, get on the phone the with the Yankees. You know, get on. Where, where's yeah. Cashman and all this? You know what I mean? So they have um, such they have such strong youth already on their team that being able to add to that should be they should be pretty flexible i mean they should be able to go out and and make splashes besides just drew pomerantz right so yeah it just seems to me like they've they've got every opportunity to make it happen i wish somebody like i wish aj preller would go out and find somebody that 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 just said okay we're in right like you talk about rendon to the white Sox, something to that level you know but that's asking for a strasburg or somebody to land there and i just don't know if they're going to do that yeah, I agree. I don't think a free agent's the way to go. Um, all right, so look, uh, guys, any any last uh, thoughts on the on the NL West this year, uh, this coming season, Max? Um, I think we summed it up pretty well. I think it's going to be pretty one sided. I think Dodgers will likely run away with it, but you never know. And I I think you could run up a scenario where, as bad as the Giants look, even the Giants, the Rockies, the Padres or even the Diamondbacks could potentially compete for a wild card. Okay. Jim? Yeah. 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 I think it's the Dodgers division to figure out how to lose more than it is for anybody else to come and take it away from them. I would be curious to see how the Diamondbacks, uh, they play out this season. I really think that they've got a strong shot at being a a wild card, especially considering that they are playing in a division that's going to have the Rockies and the Giants in it. So the victory should be available there, um, especially if San Diego doesn't jump after some big name splash for a pitcher to go next to Paddock. And uh, yeah, so with those wins available on the table between all them and what I think that uh, Arizona's potential, I think they're the ones that I think got a chance to snag a wild card spot and San Diego is by far the team that I'm watching to see um, how they progress. Okay. All right. Well, uh, excellent. Well, that's going to put a wrap on the NL West for us. Uh, We're going to take, go ahead. Oh, I forgot. I forgot one thing. Uh, The Rockies, the best part about their off season so far uh, is Larry Walker for the hall of fame. All right. (laughs) That absolutely. 
needs to happen. Vote for, vote for Larry Walker. Yeah. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. He's only got one more shot. Let's get it right. Yeah, you know who won't vote for him is Dan Shaughnessy, and that's and, another rant for another show. Um, yeah. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to be back with Jim Stat Spotlight. We'll be right back. And we're back. And uh, so, uh, Jim, it's uh, Stat Spotlight time, so go ahead and take us out, man. All right. National League West Stat Spotlight. Uh, my focus was on basically last year. Uh, so let's uh, let's go with this one, guys. All right. So I'm going to start with well, Max, since he's our guest. We'll let him guess first, and then that way uh, Adam can use his expertise and have him maybe eliminate a team so that he can pick uh, off of that. So... Um, <laughs> All right, so this National League West team had 12 different players hit a home run on an 0-2 count. No other team had that many players hit an 0-2 home run. What NL West team had 12 guys smack a ball out of the yard on an 0-2 count? Max? Um, well, I'm, I'm eliminating the Dodgers right off the bat because it was the, Do- <laughs> it was the Dodgers you went to ask. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to guess the Diamondbacks. All right. What do you think uh, on your end there? I got I to gotta go with the Padres. And see, that's exactly why I did it in that order, is so that you could get eliminations done and then you can eventually land on the right answer. It is the Padres. <laughs> it is the Padres. Um, they end up having, yeah, 12 guys uh, do it. They weren't the team that had the most 0-2 home runs, but they had the most different players uh, hit 0-2 home runs. Machado had three of them. The other 11 guys on their team that had an 0-2 home run all hit one home run apiece on an 0-2 count. Wow. It was kind of a, yeah, they they made a, they stretched them out. They got a bunch of guys that are willing to swing hard on an 0-2 count. Awesome. Uh, Max, what, what you got you got one for us. Yeah, so here's the question. Who has the most home runs for the Giants since 2003? Um, uh, that would be... It's, it's not... Oh, man. It's, Buster Posey would be too easy. So I'm going to go with 2003? Yeah. Barry, I, I'm going to go Barry Bonds. Too What's that? It, yeah, it is Barry Bonds. Ah, oh, man, ah, no way. I really never. I, gosh, wait, he was done in 07, right? And I think yeah. He missed, I think he even missed like the 06 season or something, didn't he? Bonds could grieve. He had that many in that short of a period of time. Wow. Yeah, he had 149 and then in, only, in just over 2,000 plate appearances. And then Posey was second with 140. That was in over five thousand plate appearances. Good God. Oh, good he's God. never been he's never been a big home run guy. I mean um, what would a, what would Bonds have hit if he was playing in Coors? I mean, good grief. 
Yeah. I mean, it's it's a, well, it's the same. What if, what if they recorded as many home runs as Josh Gibson hit? You know, in the Negro right? leagues, it's yeah, it, it's stupid numbers. Yeah, um, it'd be it'd be silly because that stadium's huge that he had to play in, yeah. and so yeah, I, I can only imagine what Bonds would have finished with. And we we all know the the PED side of it too, and everything right. else. But good grief, man, that guy was nuts. Um, all right, Jim. All right, all right, back to uh, multiple choice. Basically, this NL West team, uh, their hitters were hit by the fewest pitches in the major leagues last year. Not just the National League, not just the NL West, but the whole major leagues. This team had the fewest hit by pitches by for their hitters. Um, that that's tough. Oh boy! You know what? We should you shouldn't have to go first every time. We should make Adam go first this time. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fewest hit by pitches. Uh, I am going to say the. Uh, I, I'm gonna say the Dodgers. And Max. Well, I'm going to rule out the Diamondbacks just because they have, what's his name, LeCastro. You probably have more than the team alone, and almost more than the team you're talking about. Right. I'm going to guess the Padres. Yeah, uh, let's see here. Look, I gotta now. I gotta find LoCastro. What did he end up having there? Oh my gosh, I had that written down somewhere. He got hit by like I don't even know. It was like twenty some pitches, but he only had, like made like a hundred plate appearances or something like that last year. He was ridiculous. Um, it was actually the Rockies, right? The Rockies wow. only got hit by forty three pitches last year, and on top of it, the Rockies pitchers were also the the fewest to allow hit by pitches in the National League last year. Also, so mm-hmm. if you're ending up at Coors Field, uh, you can't yell Coors when it comes to hit by pitches. You can only yell Coors when it comes to home runs and triples, I guess. Or when so. it comes to not voting for Larry Walker for the Hall of Fame. And not voting for Larry Walker, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Have I mentioned that you're supposed to vote for Larry Walker? You know, and throw a Helton vote in there too. I mean, he should be sticking around for a while. But I mean, we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna do this, Jim. We're not we're not gonna go down. Uh, this. We, we've uh, got a whole show uh, for this. <laughs> all right. I've got a Walker Hall of Fame. Elton Hall of Fame. Go and uh, Max, you got another one for us. Yeah. So my second question, it's also pretty tricky. Who are the two teams in the NLS last season that had six or, or actually five or more players hit twenty home at least twenty homers? Five or more players hit at least twenty homers. And I don't think, yeah, I, you mean, to me, I I don't think it's, I know it's not the Giants, can't be, um, just doesn't feel like it's going to be the Rockies. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, give me the Dodgers and the Padres on that one. You can pick two teams? Did I miss that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. you have to pick. Okay, it's big two. Had five guys, five guys with twenty plus dingers. Oh yeah, all right. Teams. I, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Dodgers, but I'm also going to take I'm also gonna take the Giants just to spite Jim if I'm right. There's no way that team had like seventy five home runs last year. They didn't have enough to go around. So both of you are wrong. It was actually the Rockies and the Padres. <laughs> nah, uh, I, I was willing to fall on the sword for that one. <laughs> yeah, I really didn't think the Rockies spread that out that well. They Aaron Rodgers, Blackman, Desmond, Mick, I don't know how to say his name, Ryan McMahon. <laughs> McMahon. Mc, I think it's McMahon. McMahon, McMahon yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> and Trevor's story. Wow. And Trevor's story, of course. Wow. Yeah, That's a... Uh, Hump a day. I, I, I feel mean, like... I mean, uh, it's course. I feel like my efforts to troll you uh, are just going to make me look silly at the end of the day, Jim. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, probably. Yeah, you're but right. But Larry Walker... Yeah, Larry Walker Hall fan. Uh, all right, uh, I got I got one more, uh, one right. more for you guys. All right, that's uh, right. this one uh, falls under the hashtag never bunt. I want you guys to just tell me which National League West team led the major leagues in sacrifice hits in 2019. Um, I think that it was probably. I'm just gonna. I don't really know, but I'm going to go with the Padres because they fired their manager. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the Diamondbacks. It just seems like a very Diamondback thing to do. Right? This ends up being uh, probably pretty much the reason why I wanted to ask this question because it's the opposite of where I thought it would go. It ended up being the Dodgers. Oh. The Dodgers end up leading the major leagues with 55 sacrifice hits. So, um oh. Unbelievable. And the they, Rockies were the Rockies were next on that list, right? Coors, um, with course. fifty-one. So yeah, those sacrifice and, hits in Coors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody's like never bunt, right? And the, and you end up well. I mean, your top three are Dodgers, Rockies, and uh, the Nationals. They didn't do anything last year, so right, yeah. it's a uh, yeah. So I mean, it goes against my hashtag never bunt. But uh, yeah, I thought that was a little odd to see those types of teams at the top. Um, I mean, the Rockies just because it's course that was that was weird that they're bunting, but it was yeah. weird. All right. Well, um, <coughs> I'd say that pretty much uh, puts a bow on our on our show this week. Um, Max, uh, I can't thank you enough for joining us. Um, what's your What's your Twitter Twitter handle? So it's Max Sports Studio. You can find me at, at Pass and Jim if you haven't already found me there. And if and, you grow, uh, go about a thousand results down from that, you can find me at at Adam C Mac. You can find Romantic About Baseball at RMNTC Baseball. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. And uh, we will be back. uh, Jim and I will be back next week. Thanks, everyone. Yeah.